Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Okay, today's Amud is Dafyud Aleph Amud Aleph. We're on the last line, the second to last line actually, of Dafyud Amud Beis. The Gemara had just said that the Machlaikis, Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim in the Mishnah, is that according to Rabbi Yehuda, all the bedikos that you may do to find chametz, either the night of the 14th, which is when you're supposed to do it, or if you don't, the day of the 14th, and so on, is only until the Zman Iser. But once it reaches the Zman Iser, you should not look for chametz anymore. The Chachamim said we're not worried about that. And the Gemara explained that the reason that Rabbi Yehuda said that once the Zman Iser comes, you should no longer look for chametz, is because we're afraid that if you're searching for chametz, you might find chametz, and if you find chametz, you might eat it. Let's remember, of course, Medikas chametz is derabanan. Midairaisa, you already were mavatal the chametz. So there's no Indian, there's no iser of chametz midairaisa. So in terms of being able to be makayim the din derabanan of Medikas chametz, Zakti Gemara, that according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not kedai to do that bedika at such a time that there's a chashash, you might come to eat it, and the Rabbonon are not geyser. The Rabbonon say you can do bedikas chametz even during the Zman Iser. So now the Gemara focuses on this halacha that Rabbi Yehuda said that we're worried you might come to eat it. Zokti Gemara on the bottom of Yudamid Beis. Umigoza Rabbi Yehuda dilma osi lemechal minei. Is Rabbi Yehuda really geyser that you might come to eat from it? Vehotnan. What we learned in a Mishnah. Now this Mishnah is in Menachos. And the Mishnah is about the din of Chadash. We know that there is an Iser to eat the grain this year's harvest until the carbon Omer was brought. Once the carbon Omer was brought, so then all that new harvest, that Chadash, became Mutter Ba'achila. But until then, it was Aser Ba'achila, until the carbon Omer was brought. Everything had to wait until the carbon oymu was brought before it can be eaten. Now, the Mishnah says a fascinating thing. The Mishnah relates, Mishakarav HaOymer, from the time, the day, that the Oymer was brought, Yoytzein, they used to go out, Umoytzein, and they would find that Shuke Yerushalayim, in the marketplaces, in the Shuk, in Yerushalayim, Shehei Malayim Kemach Vekoli, that the marketplaces of Yerushalayim were already full. The day the Omer was brought, they were already full of flour and roasted and 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 roasted dried grains. Kali is roasted, toasted or roasted grains. Shaloi and chachamim, and this was not um, with the with the uh, agreement of the chachamim. The chachamim were not happy. It was not ruach chachamim. The Chachamim were not happy about this. These are the words of Reb Meir. Why weren't the Chachamim happy that the day that the Omer was brought, the marketplaces of Yerushalayim were flooded with flour and with toasted grains? The reason is because if they had the flour and the grains available so quickly, that means that there was Kitsira that was taking place even before the Omer was brought. And the Chachamim did, were not happy about that. The Chachamim were afraid 
that if a person's involved in harvesting the grain and, and grinding the grain and baking the and, and, and preparing the grain, as we'll see, um, that the, the sifting the grain um, all before the grain becomes mutter, it might lead a person to chas v'shalom, eat the grain before it's mutter. These are, that's that's what Meir said that Agam the Shukim the marketplaces of Yerushalayim were full of grain. The Chachamim were not happy about that. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Rabbi Yehuda says in Chachamim Rabbi Yehuda says that they did do it with the Ratzin of the Chachamim. The Chachamim were did acquiesce. The Chachamim were okay with it. So what do you see from here? You see. Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda was not Geyser, Dilma Osi that you might come to eat from it. Omar Rabba, the Mepharshim changed this Rava to Rabba. Omar Rabba, Rabba said, no. Don't think that because of this halacha by Echadosh, that Rabbi Yehuda wasn't worried, that that means Rabbi Yehuda is not concerned that when something's usher, you might come to eat it. No, this case of Chadosh had certain built-in halachas that helped us to remember that it was usher, and that's why we wouldn't come to eat it. Says the Gemara. Omar Rava, Rava said, Shani, Rabba said, Shani Chodosh, Chodosh is different. Mitoich shaloi hitartaloi, elo al yudei kituf, because... You were only matir for the grain to be harvested through kituf, who's zachar. So he remembers. And what this kituf is, is that they usually they would use kalim to do the harvest. They would use a sickle, a magal. But in this case, because the, the, um, the chadash was not yet mutter, Chazal understood that that meant that it was usher for a person to do the normal harvest before the carbon was brought. You weren't allowed to, they learned from a Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Oimer reishis ketzir chemel hakoyin, which they understood that the Oimer should be the first of the harvest. So that means that, the, that all the grain that was cut before the Oimer, before the day of the Oimer on Pesach, all of that grain had to be uh, pulled out, had to be harvested by hand. And because they were doing it in such a unique way, in a different way than the normal harvest, which was done bekelim, so therefore there was a constant reminder that this stuff is the chadash, and it's not mutter until the oimer is brought. So hagam, usually we would be worried, maybe you'll come to eat it. But in this case, we're not concerned because there's a built-in shinoi that we're harvesting it by hand instead of with a keli. Okay, so that's regarding the harvest. But Abaya said to Rabba, you didn't cover the whole sakana here. Omale Abaya, Abaya said to him, Tenach b'shas ketifa. That helps when you're, when you're cutting the, the, the grain. Tchina but what about the 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 grinding, the um, harkada and the sifting, which are also part of creating flour? What about then? How come we're not worried then that someone may come to eat it? That is not a kasha. Do not worry that during the process 
of the Trino and the Harkada, you might come to eat it, because even in the process of Trino and Harkada, there were Shinuyim that were done. Trino berechaya diyad. Trino was only done with hand-moved millstones. Rashi says that ordinarily they would use water mills. They would use um, millstones that were powered by the flow of the water. They would build a, a, a millstone, they would build a, a, a mill by, the, by, the, by a rushing river, and the river would push the, the millstone, and that's, that was the normal way of doing the, the trina. But when they would do, when they were grinding the grains that were picked before the carbon oimer was brought, it was berechaya diyar. It was by a hand moved millstone, and harkoda and the sifting, the sifting also was not done in the ordinary way. Al gabe napa. It was they was put on top of the sifter instead of being placed into the sifter. It, the sifter was turned upside down, and it was put on top of the sifter. Also, they did it with the shinoi, so that it was obvious when they harvested, when they did the trina, when they did the harkada, it was obvious that this was different. This grain was different, and it was usher. And that's the only reason that Rabbi Yehuda said that the Chachamim were not concerned that you might come to eat it. Zakti Gemara. Elohadetna. One second. There's still an area here where we have to worry that you might come to eat it. We de- we haven't finished understanding what went on at that time that they harvested around the time of the carbon oimer. Elohadetnam. What about this that it says in the Mishnah in Menachos? It says in the Mishnah that Kaitzrin beis hashlochim v'sheba amokim. It says there were there were types of fields where the Chachamim understood that you are allowed to be Kaitzer, even though they understood from the Pasuk that the first Ketzirah, the first harvest, should be the barley that was brought for the Karbenoimer. However, they, there were other Pesukim that seemed to indicate that it is Mutter to do Ketzirah before the Karbenoimer was brought. And the Chachamim B'chachmasam understood that the difference is that in a field, that such a field is the type of field that the carbon oimer would grow in, that that barley that's brought for the carbon oimer would grow in, such a field, the carbon oimer has to be the first thing that's harvested. But in the type of field that we would not use for the carbon oimer, because it doesn't produce such high-quality grain, in such a field, Ketzirah is mutter. And that's what this Mishnah is about. Kaitzrin beis hashlochin, they would harvest the beis hashlochim. A beis hashlochim is a kind of field that doesn't naturally um, get the, the rainwater that it needs to be able to produce, and it needs irrigation, it needs to be watered um, by the farmer. Amokim or the valleys, those are two types of fields that didn't produce as high-quality grain as the regular fields, and therefore you were allowed to be kaitzer them before the carbon oimer was brought. The only limitation that you had, the Mishnah says, is avoloi goidshin, but you can't form it into piles. You have to, you could do the beginning of the malacha to to to, to, to harvest the grain, but you cannot form it into piles. The ukimna Yehuda. Now the Gemara in Menachos goes through a cheshbon that this Mishnah 
is like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is maskim to this Mishnah. Now, one second. Rabbi Yehuda is the one who's worried by chametz that if you do bedikas chametz when the chametz is asr, you might come to eat it. The only reason he wasn't worried by the oimer was because you're doing it bishino, you're doing it by hand, and you're doing the trina and the harkada in a in a shinoidika way. But what about in these fields? What about in the Beis Hashlachim and the Amakim, that there they did in regular normal harvest? And, and, and the Chazal tell us that that, the Gemara tells us in Menachas that that's Rabbi Yehuda. So, so now what do we do? How is it that Rabbi Yehuda was not geyser by Chodosh, that you should not be metapo with the grain at all because you might come to eat it? Ela Omar Abaya. So rather Abaya said that he has a different shot. He says that there's a difference between the grain of Chodosh and Chometz. Ela Omar Abaya, Chodosh Bodil Minei. Chometz Loi Bodil Minei. Chodosh, which is something that you have to deal with for large parts of the year leading up to Pesach, this is something that people were accustomed to this Iser. It was very prevalent. And therefore, they were in the habit of separating themselves from the Chadash, and therefore there's no Shema Yavei However, the, 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 by Chametz, Chametz, which is uh, food that we eat 100% Beheter for the 51 weeks of the year, besides for the week of Pesach, so there it's less, we're less hesitant to, to eat Chametz, and that's why Rabbi Yehuda was specifically machmir, that we shouldn't do bedikas chametz bizman iser regarding the iser of chametz. Omar Rava, Rava said like this. He said, okay, you answered Rabbi Yehuda. The Rabbi Yehuda ad Rabbi Yehuda kasha. Rava says like this. So, one second. You you were asking a kasha on Rabbi Yehuda. So, Rabbi Yehuda on Rabbi Yehuda, that's a kasha. The Rabbonon ad Rabbonon loy kasha. But what about the Rabbonon and the Rabbonon? That's not a problem. You, the whole time over here, we're trying to answer up Shita's Rabbi Yehuda. What, what about the Shita's Rabbonon? The, the, only, the, the only problem is Rabbi Yehuda, not the Rabbonon. L'chayra, the Rabbonon, also have a big problem. Why? Because in our Mishnah back in Psachim, we see that the Rabbonon held that you can do B'dikas Chamet when it's, when, even Bizman Eser. So that means that the Chachamim said, I am not worried about that. That means that the Chachamim said, I am not concerned that, that, that it will come to, that you'll come to eat it. And yet, the Mishnah that we brought in Menachah says that according to Reb Meir, who's one of the Chachamim, that it was Shaloi in Chachamim, that by Chodosh, there was a problem of Shema Yavei La'achloi. So just like you had to resolve Rabbi Yehuda, that by Chometz he was Makbed and by Chodosh he was not Makbed, L'chayre, you also need to resolve the Chachamim who were not makbid by Chometz and were makbid by Chodosh. So that was Rava's Kasha, the Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehuda, Kasha, the Rabbonon, the Rabbonon, Loi Kasha. Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehuda, that's a Kasha, the Rabbonon, the Rabbonon, that's not a Kasha. Zokhi Gemara. The Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehuda, Loi Kasha, Kedeshanim. We already answered Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehuda, that it's not a Kasha. That there's a difference between chametz and chadash. Chadash is more, they're more naturally um, feel a distance from that they're not going to come to eat it. And chametz, they may come to eat, and that's why he was worried there. 
also is not a kasha. Why? Because by chametz you're not going to have an issue when you're doing bedikas chametz that you might come to eat it. And the svara, beautiful svara, who atz my machzer olav lesarfei? Why is he doing bedikas chametz? He's doing bedikas chametz because he's searching for chametz in order to burn it. Mechal ka'achil mines. You worried he's going to eat from it? His whole mindset when he's doing bedikas chametz is let me find chametz so I can burn it. So certainly, in, with that mindset, he's not going to come to eat it. However, by Chodesh, where he's just doing the malacha of harvesting the, the grain so that he can eventually eat it, there we could be afraid that you might come to eat it. That was all, that was Rava. Ravashi Omar, Ravashi says a different terror. Ravashi says the Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehuda Kasha. There's no Kasha from Rabbi Yehuda by us by Chametz, that he said that we are worried you'll come to eat it, and by Chodosh, where he, he said that we're not worried you'll come to eat it, because Kemach V'koli it says flour and roasted grain. So, so what? So Rashi explains. It says flour and roasted grain. Flour and roasted grain are not Roy La'achila. So when I'm looking for Chametz, and Chametz is Roy La'achila, so then you have a worry that I might come to eat it. But if I'm creating flour and, 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 and I'm drying out grain, so that's not edible. That needs to be made into bread in, in order for it to be edible. So I'm not concerned that you'll come to eat it. And as logical as that sounds, the Gemara says, This territory of Ravashi is a toes. It's not true. It's a bedusa. It's not true. Why? Because as solid as the Svara sounds, the svara only works from the time that the grains were, were dried out. That's when they're not ready to eat anymore. But while the grain was softer, before the process was finished, they, they could have been ready to eat. What about originally until it becomes koli? Still there's a problem that you might come to eat it and that you didn't solve. And if you will attempt to answer that no, that originally, that, that we could be soymach on the terrets of Rava, that you're only harvesting it by hand, no, but that doesn't help because we said there are places that you are allowed to do a regular harvest. But what about the fact that you're allowed to harvest the Beis HaShlochem, the irrigated field or the valley? And we said that that also works according to Rabbi Yehuda. What do you say then? So the 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 terrors of Ravashi is It's not it's not correct. Okay, so that is that is the shitas until here. We had Rabba, Abaya, and Rava, and we had briefly Ravashi, which we slugged up. Now the Gemara says as follows. One second. The terrets that we gave, the terrets that we finally gave, that the difference between the um, the case of chametz and the case of chadash, that we said that by chametz it's loy badel minei, because you're so used to eating chametz, but chadash is badel minei. So that would mean that any time you have a scenario where you have something that's very, very commonly in use all the time, 
and there's some iser to, to consume it, the Rabbi Yehuda would be chayshish, that you might come to eat it. So let's see how that pans out. Is Rabbi Yehuda geyser in any case where you don't, where you're not badal minei? The Hotnan, we have a Mishnah in the second parak of Shabbos. The Mishnah says, Lo yikoiv adam shfeiferes shel beitza. A person should not make a small hole, a small nekev, in an eggshell. We're using the eggshell here as a container. And I want to take a, fill this eggshell with, um, with oil and make a tiny hole in it. And that way it will be an additional supply of oil for my nearest Shabbos. And, I, and he'll put it next to the ner, where the nearest Shabbos are burning, so that it should drip in. In other words, my ner is, does not contain enough oil to keep the, the licht burning as long as I want. So I come up with this brilliant idea. I'll set up next to the ner. I'll take a eggshell that the egg has been emptied out from it. I'll fill it with oil and make a tiny hole on the bottom. And I'll stand it up over the ner that drip, 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 slowly but surely the oil will drip into the ner and it will be a continuing supply of oil that the ner won't go out. And the Gemara says, the, the, the Mishnah says, that you should not do that. Do not do that. Why not? Because we're afraid that you see a nice supply of olive oil, you may decide, you know what, I need some in my salad. And you may decide to take some oil. It's not mamish in the ner, so you won't associate it so directly with the ner, and you might take some olive oil out of it, and if you take olive oil out of a source of oil that's in the middle of dripping into a ner, so that's going to cause the ner to go out faster. And that's an iser of mechabe, of extinguishing on Shabbos. And that's why the Mishnah says, Lo shel beitza. A person should not make a hole in, in, the, in, 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 a, in an eggshell. V'yamala'ena shemen and fill it with oil. V'yitneno b'tzad ha'ner and put it next to the, the ner b'shvil shetehei so that it should drip. And the Mishnah adds, "Va'afilu he shall cheres." And even if, instead of using an eggshell, you use an earthenware keli, you might think that because earthenware kalim become mios, they become not so usable when there's oil in them. That that would at that at least would prevent a person from taking oil out from it. But no, even va'afilu he shall cheres. Even if it's cheres, you should worry that you're going to take oil out. So you see that the Chachamim were concerned that you might take the oil for the purposes of Achila. Who's Matir? Believe it or not, Rabbi Yehuda Matir! Rabbi Yehuda is Matir! Unbelievable! The same Rabbi Yehuda who in our Mishnah said, don't do B'dikas Cham, it's over Yantif, because you'll come to eat it, says that it's fine to have that supply of oil there, and we're not worried that you're going to come to eat it. And for the Gemara, no. It's different. Over there, you're talking about Hilchas Shabbos. Because of the Chumra of Shabbos, because of how severe and how serious the Isser of Shabbos is, so everyone thinks twice on Shabbos before they do anything. So therefore, Rabbi Huda was not concerned specifically about Shabbos.
Zakti Gemara, one second. So then you're saying that there's something special about Shabbos. Okay, so let's look around in the halachas of Shabbos and see if the, at least we're being consistent within the halachas of Shabbos. The Rami de Shabbos a Shabbos. So then let me ask Akasha from Shabbos to Shabbos. The Tanya, as it says in Ebrahim, in Mesech to Shabbos. It says, Chevel Delishanifsak. What happens if you have a rope of the pail that you're using to, to, to draw water and it rips? And you want to be able to attach the pail back to the rope so that you can draw water, but it, uh, it tore. It was Nifsak, it separated. So, you want, so how, do, how do I tie it back on? You're not allowed to tie on Shabbos. Kaisher is one of the Lamites Malachis. So the Brisa says, Lo yehei kaishrei, do not tie it, because a permanent knot is, is the kesher that's, that's usher on Shabbos. Elo oinvoi, make an aniva, make a bow, tie a bow. A bow is inherently temporary, and therefore you can do that in order to be able to draw water. Rabbi Yehuda does not mask him. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, uh, no, you cannot even make an aniva, rather, kairech olav punda oipaskia. You can tie it around it, a punda or paskia, those are two types of belt or a strap, those are two types of kalim that are not, they're not rope. They're kalim, they're, 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 it's a, a belt or something that somebody wears or a strap that a person wraps around his clothing. The, these are things that are used by people. And if they're used by people, then if you tie them on, so you understand that it's for sure not going to stay there. And if it's for sure not going to stay there, that's a kesher she'enok shel kayama. That's not a, sh- a kesher shel kayama, and you don't have to be concerned with, about that on Shabbos. So that was Rabbi Yehuda's Eitzah, to take a keli that you're not going to keep there, so that it makes it inherently temporarily, temporary. But make sure that you don't tie a bow. So you see, the Rabbi Yehuda is worried that if you tie a bow, you might come to, 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 to make a knot. So why is it that by the Shvayferis Shalbeya, when you're dealing with the Shemen over there, Rabbi Huda says, I'm not so concerned because, because it's Shabbos, and on Shabbos people are so careful. And yet when it comes to making a bow instead of a knot, suddenly Rabbi Huda says, no, 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 you can't make a bow either, you have to get a belt and, and, and so on. Kasha de Rabbi Huda, de Rabbi Huda, Kasha de Rabbonon, de Rabbonon. It's a kasha, it's a steer in Rabbi Huda, it's also a steer in the Rabbonon. Because by the case of the, the egg with the oil in it, the Rabbonon said that you should not do it because we are concerned that you're going to consume the oil. And yet when it came time for the, for the rope that's, that's tied onto the pail, over there the Chacham said, no problem, you could, you could, tie, you could tie a bow. So Kasha de Rabbi Huda de Rabbi Huda, Kasha de Rabbonon de Rabbonon. Zokti Gemoro. It's not a kasha from the Rabbonon ad Why? He said, because the Rabbonon were more worried because shemen b'shemen michlef. Oil, you could be confused with oil. You use oil on Shabbos, and now you have this oil that's, that's uh, 
you have this oil that's that's mixed in that's 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 standing there by the nair. That's something that a person could easily make a toast and take from shemen b'shemen michlef. But aniva b'kshira le'michlef. Making a bow instead of a knot, that's a different maisa. Taking oil is taking oil. If I'm used to taking oil from a keli to put into my salad, so then the fact that that keli is over a ner right now might not help. But a aniva and a kshira, that's a different maisa. So the Rabbana weren't concerned if you're doing a different maisa. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, like Kasha, and Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda is also not a Kasha, because really Rabbi Yehuda holds that on Shabbos with no problem at all. The only reason that Rabbi Yehuda says that you cannot tie a bow over here is not because he's geyser. Time of the Rabbi Yehuda, the reason of Rabbi Yehuda, love me shum de gozar aniva otuk shira. It's not because he held that if you're going to make a bow, you'll come to make a regular knot. No. Elamishum de kosovar aniva gufa kshirahi. Because Rabbi Yehuda holds that a bow itself is a knot. In other words, it's not that Rabbi Yehuda is making a gzera, that if you make a bow, you'll come to make a knot. It's that Rabbi Yehuda holds that a bow is also usher. It's inherently usher. Not because of a gzera. Oh. Zakti Gemara, one more kasha for today. Verami Rabbonon Adar Rabbonon. But let's ask a kasha uh, from the Rabbonon Adar Rabbonon that we know that the Rabbonon said that you should not make a knot when the when the chevel rips, but you can make a bow. But we have a brisa that says the Tanan. It says in the Mishnah, Kaisrin Dli Bipsakio. You can tie the the bucket with a with the pail with a with the strap or the belt avaloi bechevel, but not with a with a rope. The Rabbi Yehuda matir and Rabbi Yehuda says you can do it with a rope. Now, one second. When we say the Rabbi Yehuda, just to understand the Chachamim, let's first look at Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that you could tie it with a rope. Well, what type of rope is that? Chevel demai. What what kind of rope are we talking about? Ilema chevel de alma. If we mean a regular rope, like we were talking about until now, the rope that usually ties the pail. So then, Rabbi Yehuda matir. Is there a havamina in the world that Rabbi Yehuda would be matir that kesher shall kayomel? That's a regular enduring kesher. That's aser. Devadai osi livtule because for, for sure you're gonna leave it there. Livtule over here means that you it's bottled to there. You're gonna leave it there. It's gonna stay there. So it must be that when Rabbi Yehuda said you could use a chevel, he wasn't talking about a regular rope. Elapshita. It must be. It's obvious. Degardi that it's like the weaver's rope. In other words, the weavers they 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 had certain ropes that they used. And you borrowed it from them to from the gardi to to tie on to to tie on to the pail, but but that's not a rope that's going to stay there. The gardi are going to ask for their rope back. Okay, so when Yehuda was matir, he wasn't matir the traditional chevel. He was matir a chevel that belongs to the gardi to the weavers. The gozru rabbonon chevel de gardi otu chevel de alma. And we see then, so if the Rabbanon said not to do that, if the Rabbanon say, look back at that Mishnah that we just read. It says you should you could tie it with a psakio, but not with a chevel. So if the Rabbanon 
um, say that there's that you cannot use a that you cannot use a chevel even of gardi because it's too similar to a regular chevel. So you see that the rabbanon are chayshish. So what's going on over here? When it came to doing a bow instead of a knot, the other chachamim said, "I'm not concerned. You, you could do a bow, and, you know, and I'm not worried you're going to end up doing a knot." But when it came to using a rope of the gardi as opposed to a regular rope, over there, there, there is an issue. Over there, we're saying that the chacham said, "No, you should use the psakia, use the belt, but don't use, don't use even the chevel of gardi." So, so how do we resolve this? Why do the rabbanon in certain situations they are geyser, and in certain situations they're not geyser? Zakti Gemara in yes, it's not a, it's not inconsistent at all. Chevel bechevel michlef. The rabbanon bechachmasam understood that one rope you could get confused with another rope. A rope is a rope, and you could get confused if you could use this rope. You might think that you could use that rope. But aniva bikshira loy michlefa. But that a bow with a knot, that's two different things. That's similar to what we said before. It's a different maisa. You're doing something different. So to tie a bow, we're not afraid that you're going to come to tie a knot. But to tie a knot with one chevel, we're afraid that you, you might end up tying a knot with another chevel. Even though, of course, halachically, the two chevels, the two chevelim are different that one of them is permanent, one of them will become bottle there, and therefore it's chayiv midaraisa, and the other one is going to be taken off, and therefore it's not a keshashol kayama, but the chachamim were afraid that that would be confused. Okay, and we'll stop here, daf yud aleph amur aleph. You have been listening to a shir from shasilluminated.org. For other shirim on many topics, or to hear an eon shir on any daf in shas, including Myron McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.